What's up, brother? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, man. How are you good. doing? Thanks for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me back on. I'm looking forward to breaking down this card. Always, always, yeah. We got a pretty good one this week. Uh, UFC is uh, in Vegas, back in Vegas at the Apex. We have, uh, we have 11 fights on the DraftKings slate this week. I, uh, I I think on FanDuel they only have like nine fights. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Does FanDuel have two slates? No, that, that's correct. And I, I also don't – like. I'm going to send them an email once we get after we get through this fight card, probably tomorrow, Monday, and ask them how they come up with salaries because it really doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Woodley's the most expensive on the slate, even though he's only a medium favorite. And then Gilbert Burns is only $3 cheaper than a minute. We see a lot of that on the slate. It's just, it's just really weird. And I, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand how they set the salaries. Yeah. On draft, on draft Kings, we, yeah. On DraftKings, we know it's based off the odds. But right. on Bandle, like we don't have any, like we still don't have any clue on how they do that. Yeah, no, and that is really weird because I remember at first we were thinking, okay, well maybe it's like they're trying to make it a little unique, but it wasn't right. this extreme that we've been seeing the last two no. or three fights for sure. Like, no, that's, yeah, that's been pretty crazy. So um, yeah, man, cool. Um, another thing that I did want to just uh, mention is that so this one for for you guys who don't know. It is going to be at the Apex Center, like we mentioned. The cage is going to be a little bit smaller. It's a 25-foot cage. Um, it really it, – it's not going to it's not going to play a huge, huge, huge part, but I will say it is going to make less space. So for some of these fighters, they're going to have, you know, less room to be able to kind of get away from stuff. Should give us a little more action in some fights as well. Um, but I did just want to they just want to throw that out there before we got started. Was there anything that you wanted to, to mention real quick before we get rolling? Uh, just besides what you said, I think – if it's the smaller cage is going to get help anybody, it's only what is it like five feet smaller, I think, right? Yeah, so yeah, if it's, it's yeah. anybody, will probably be grapplers just because there's going to be less room for other the opponents to be on their bikes and trying to avoid the shots. Yeah. Also, yeah. also, I think it probably slightly helps a few of the power punchers on the slate as for the same reason, yeah, kinda. exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah. over overall, I don't think it's like going to be a huge deal where we're going to see a bit cause a bunch of changes that we're really used to with a regular size cage. Right. Right. No, I'm with you there. All right, man, let's get to it. So, uh, so first up we have uh, Vince Morales going up against Chris Gutierrez. This is a featherweight fight. Uh, again, it's going to be our curtain jerker, the first fight of the night. Um, pretty close. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll start off real quick by saying a lot of these fights are pretty close. I think we have, like, what, there's there's four pretty huge, I mean, there's three huge favorites. And then we have uh, we have the, the next fight coming up that's got a pretty good odds on it, too. But in the rest um, of that, other than that, they're, yeah, yeah, for sure. And this one starts it off. So you got Chris Gutierrez at 8,300 on DraftKings, and then Vince Morales is 7,900 on DraftKings. What's their price looking like on uh, FanDuel? You so we have Gutierrez at 17 and Morales at 16. And just because of both of these guys' fight styles, they're not really finishers. They don't really land takedowns. They're you know they're not going to be passing guards. So I have literally zero interest in either fighter on FanDuel. Even even if you're making like 20 lineups, the, just because of how FanDuel does your scoring. I mean, this fight for me is an easy fade on there. And then on DraftKings, I don't have much interest in either because if we just look at their logs, I mean, they're both basically mirror images of each other with a scoring and like 40s and a losses and 60s and a wins. And it's yeah. it just there's it's kind of a weird slate because like 
the fights on this card, there's going to be some that score very, very well, like well over 100. And then but the rest yeah. of them, I think, are going to be scoring like in the low 70s and 60s. So I think we kind of – we can – unless you're making mass entry GPP, I think you can cross this fight off. Uh, but I do slightly lean with Gutierrez because he does have a kick-heavy game plan, and that's really what Vince Morales struggles with the most, especially leg kicks. And I just think over three rounds, Gutierrez will be able to chew up those legs and win a fairly close unanimous decision. But like I said, I have no interest in either guy. I have Gutierrez on the cheat sheet, uh, but that's just more if you're making over 10 lineups. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm 100% with you there. Um, I had on my, my uh, sheet here, or my little notes here, that it's like this is probably going to be a low-scoring fight. Yeah. Um, I mean, just I, both ways. And I agree. I, I lean Gutierrez here. He's got the strong – he's got the strong kick-heavy game. And Morales is definitely better on the hands. He's oh, yeah, he had some feet, but Yeah, but I just don't – I mean, I just don't think it's enough. And I don't think these guys are going to carry any ownership either. I think this is a fight that, you know, usually they're low-owned, these, these first – yeah, uh, fights are low owned, and sometimes we try to take advantage of that. But I, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that on this one. So not not much really more to be said on this, my man. Right? Exactly. Cool. All right. So uh, so next up we have uh, yeah, this one's this one's gonna bring some smoke, man. We oh yeah. Have, uh, Casey Kinney going up against Louis Smolka. Uh, Smolka is the underdog here at plus two twenty two. At least that's what I'm seeing here uh, on Cruncher right now. Uh, Casey Kinney is uh, showing as the minus 275 favorite. I think it might have gone down maybe a little bit to like 265, but it's not. It's still like it, it hasn't he, moved much. I'm looking at um, that fight odds, and it's it's kind of spread out through the different betting sites. He's fluctuating, but on five dimes, it's showing minus 265, and then on a place like Bovada, it's showing minus 310. So it's really just fluctuating from site to site. Oh, yeah. 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 It's crazy. <clears throat> Yeah. So with, that's, uh, yeah. that is that is interesting. I always use and I always kind of when I use uh, best fight odds, I go straight to five dimes. I just see it seems like the more reliable uh, yeah. the ones. But but yeah, for sure. No, that is that is interesting. But no, yeah. um, Yeah. And I mean, so you got uh, you got Casey Kenny. He's ninety one hundred. You got Smoker coming back at seventy one hundred. And yeah, man. Um, I mean, I think Casey's Casey's the play here. Um, I mean, as far as I think he should win here. Yeah. I honestly like this fight in particular. I think this is going to be a good fight as far as uh, I think small guys. You know, we get them pretty cheap. If he wins, he's gonna score well. He's. Like, I, I, just... I guarantee you. I one hundred percent guarantee you. Smoker wins. He's going to be on the optimal lineup. No, probably have one of the highest scores on the slate. Yeah, I mean it's just nuts. And one thing I have here is he like he puts himself in bad positions yeah. so he can scramble, so he can grapple, so he can. And that's the points that gets built up on drafting stuff to those advances, those reversals. And, that kind I, of stuff. I totally agree. And it's just the issue in this matchup is just that Kenny is better in him at grappler. <laughs> He's, better grappler. Yeah. He's a better striker. Yep. He's a better wrestler. Like if you guys follow yeah. me on Twitter, you know I'm very high on Casey Kenny. He's a formal double champ in his last organization he's fought nothing but killer since coming to the ufc like ray borg and many bermudas and marab de and he's, yeah, he's beyond held his own in all of those fights um mm-hmm. so i am going to pick him to win this fight and i do have him on the on the sheet as a cash play it just we haven't seen kenny score great in the past like he has wins of 83 and 88 and then a loss of 23 and that's fine for cash and maybe he'll be able to score more here because it's going to be a very grappling heavy match and, and he will be able to get takedowns, but I don't see him outscoring Dern and I don't see him outscoring guys like Elliot 
or possibly Quarantine and Woodley if they win. So in my opinion, he's just kind of in that no man's land for GPPs, uh, but he does yeah. make a nice catch yep. play. And then with Smolka, even though I'm, I even though I'm picking him to lose, I'm still gonna have a good amount on DraftKings just because, like we talked about, and especially in this type of matchup, he's gonna have massive upside with the grappling. And if this goes to his decision, I mean, he shouldn't be scoring any worse than 40, 45 points in a loss here. Yep, and he's seventy one hundred. Exactly. I mean, like he's yeah, he's. And we're struggling to find dogs that have a good chance at winning on this slate, especially that low. Uh, so even if, even if he puts up 45, 50 in the loss, I mean, that could really help you. Yep. Yep. No, totally. I'm totally with you, man. Um, yeah. I mean, Casey, he's just better everywhere. The, it, it's, as far as just like a straight DraftKings play too. That's why we, that's why we like Smolka too. Like I'm telling you guys, this card is going to get tricky. Yeah. It's going to get real tricky. And then this um, next so fight too, we, like. Like the Casey Kenny fight, this next fight, the Tim Elliott fight that we break down, and then they that, give it to us back to back, yeah. right? Like, come on, give me a break, give me a little break. So those those two fights, and then the Billy Corinthian versus Spike Carlisle fight, I think yeah. those three fights are going to decide the slate. Like, if you're on the right side yeah, of those sure. fights, you're going to be near the top of GPPs, and if you're not, you're probably not going to cash. But I think I think this slate is really going to come down to just those three fights, especially in GPP. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I believe it because those are the fights for sure that um, that carry the most upside, yeah. you know what I mean? And exactly. um, they're not the ones that are for sure like, oh, yeah, just this way or that way. Yeah, for sure. And also, I do I wanted to touch on what you said about uh, about Dern, too. It, it sucks because, yeah, you got Dern at 9,300. She's only 200 more than Casey. If Casey was just a little bit, even at like 9K, you know, if, mm-hmm. if he was like lower than 9K. Like if he was 8.7K, he uh, would be in both, both the cash core and the GPP core. Oh, shit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, they, uh, DK has been doing a little bit better of a job, uh, you know, kind of getting these, uh, getting these, uh, prices. They really are. I guess it goes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, man, we'll keep moving and grooving. Uh, next up we have, uh, Tim Elliott going up against Brandon Roy Val, uh, Brandon Roy Val, actually this is going to be his first fight coming in. He's 7,500. He is the underdog at plus 130. Then you got Tim Elliott coming back right now. Let's say on FC, on uh, FC is showing minus one sixty four. Uh, he's eighty seven hundred on DraftKings. Yeah, man, this is gonna be a good scrap. Tim Elliott's always boomer bust, right? Like, yeah. When he wins, his style it just it it oozes out like it oozes out hundreds. I mean, there's not I mean, much I can say. Yeah, he's gonna... only won like three times. <laughs> Let me see. I know he he's put up stupid scores in three round decisions. Like he has a hundred and ten in a three round decision. 176 in the three-round round decision. Like he scored 150 yep. against Gooden one three rounds, 175 mm-hmm. against Smolka, and then 109 against De La Rosa. And you know, yeah. the, and, and if you go back and look at those fights, all three of those opponents are grapplers. 100%. Who Tim Elliott had a wrestling advantage over here. And he had, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, Brandon Roy Val, you could sneeze and the guy would probably fall over. Like he just has. He has no takedown defense at all. And I really do think that Tim Elliott is going to dominate this fight all the way through until a decision or possibly with Tim Elliott. You just, you just never know what the hell you're going to get. He either looks, yeah, we just, he either looks great or he looks like he belongs nowhere close to UFC level. So, yeah. but it's just in matchups like this where we, on the optimal lineup, because he's proven that in the past in these same matchups, Every single time I'll be overweight on Tim Elliott and GPP, especially at that salary. It's just 
you this is one of these matches, especially when you play Tim Elliott, you just need to be aware that he can pull a stun at any second. He can be dominating. Oh man. He can be dominating this fight for 12 minutes and he taps to an hook with one minute left. Like so yeah. like even if he somehow does lose in the third round, like I still think he'll probably have 60 or 70 points by that point. And I'm willing to eat that. And it's just all the upside in the world is there. And I like him. I like him as a possible MVP candidate on FanDuel. Like, if you're only making three lineups on FanDuel, I'm really going to limit uh, the player pool for the MVP candidate spot. So the three fighters that I would use the most on FanDuel for MVP would be Mackenzie Dern at $19. We're getting a massive discount. She's $3 cheaper than the most expensive fighter, and she's the biggest favorite on the slate. And then I would go with Daniel Rodriguez, who we'll talk about later, and then also Tim Elliott, uh, just because he does have a really nice style for FanDuel. Um and with Roy Val, I put it on the cheat sheet. Like, if you're making mass entry GPP and you want, or you're going to have a ton of Elliott and you want to offset some shares with the Roy Val, that's fine. But just know he's not going to be scoring any points unless he gets a finish because this guy is on his back almost every fight and he's been submission or bust, basically. Yeah, for sure. And it's a short notice fight. And like you said, I mean, his, re- his, his, his wrestling and his takedown defense in general is just, just sus, right? That's he's a very, good, sus, he's a very good submission grappler. It's just his takedown defense is horrific. Yeah, and, just, and we know that Elliot, when he gets rolling, man, I talk about yeah. relentless. I mean, he'll 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 keep going. And exactly, going. it's crazy. It's like the Energizer Bunny. He basically um, flash KO'd in the first round in his last fight. <laughs> he was still tough enough to get three or four takedowns in the second round and make it a close split decision. I think he still scored 40 points in a loss, uh, yeah. even though he just about got knocked out. So, and like, and I do have Tim Elliott in the GPP court, uh, just as that, because as we talked about, it's, I mean, all the upside in the world is there. Yeah, for sure. No, I remember that dude. He said, uh, this motherfucker said he didn't remember the whole yeah. second or third <laughs> round. <laughs> because he doesn't have any recollection of that at all. Like, wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. No, yeah, I, uh, I'm i with you there. And um, I I do think, I truly think that we will get lower ownership on Tim Elliott than we should. And the reason I say that is because, for one, it's not, I mean, I can't say people are not smart for saying F him, right? But I think also his price point, he's at 8,700. People are going to look at that and probably think that that's a little too much even to take that shot. Yep. So, well, uh, especially so, yeah, with man, a think... big name like Woodley right there too, a lot of yeah, for sure. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nope. So I'm with you there, man. All right, let's uh, keep moving and grooving. Uh, next up, we have a light heavyweight fight. We have Kitson Abreu going up against uh, Jamal Hill. Uh, this is uh, let's see here. We got Hill. He's minus one twenty six, and Kitson Abreu is plus one hundred three. Dog. So I mean, this one I would say is pretty much a pick of two guys. Uh, you got seventy eight hundred for Kitson, and then. Uh, coming back, you got Hill at 8,400. I'll be honest, guys. This is a fight that really I personally – like, We I don't like too much for DraftKings. Um, I just – these guys don't score very well. And Hill is far – I mean, this, you got your classic kind of striker versus grappler matchup here. But Hill is not like – he's not a killer. He's not coming out there he's looking He's super like, young and super green. He only has seven fights. Super green. Super green, super, and, and he, he might come out here and get take and like get taken down well, right away. Yeah, well, like, seriously. If, and, if you don't, if you don't it. mind me, I'm gonna interrupt you super quick. Like he did win sure. his last fight, but he was taken down six or seven times by a stri- <laughs> by a striker, and with 
with Abreu. I mean, he's a super world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He's, he was over in Russia beating all the champions over there for a couple of years. He has a finish win over Viktor Nemkov, who's one of the best light heavyweights in the world, especially outside of the UFC and all, including all the UFC light heavyweights. Yeah, he's finished Johnny Walker. I mean, this guy is very good. It's just he's had really tough matchups in his UFC career to start. He beat Sam Alvey, but as we know, Sam Alvey has unbelievable takedown defense. So, And Abreu was able to get him down, but he didn't land a bunch of takedowns. Then he faced Magomed and Kalayev, who, as we all know, is probably a future champ and is a world sambo champion and possible to take down. And then his last opponent was another Dagestani wrestler, who he took down a couple of times and lost a split decision. Um, and I've seen people saying that Abreu's, because of those three fights, Abreu's wrestling sucks and whatnot, but they need to realize that those are three of the best defensive wrestlers in the division and in five pounds all over the world. So especially as we see Jamal Hill's takedown defense being so poor in his last fight, I think I think there's a huge path to victory for Clinton here. And I know he has scored well in the past, but because of the – he could get multiple takedowns, especially against a very green grappler. I think there is some sneaky upside uh, kind of as a contrarian play in GPP. And I actually do like him in cash. Uh, Jamal, Jamal Hill, if you're making 25-50 lineups, of course you can have a share. Uh, but besides that, I don't have much interest just because I think he's going to be on his back for a significant part of this fight, and he's not going to be getting any points. Um, so yeah. On FanDuel, I have no interest at all in Hill. And I do have some interest at Abreu at fifteen dollars, but I for sure wouldn't put him in the MVP slot or anything, as he doesn't, as he's probably not going to get a finish. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you, man. And um, like, I mean, I like I said, I mean, I in general, I don't like the fight as far as GPP purposes. Um, but you're right, Clitson does have a path to us. I mean, and he's only seventy eight hundred, so if he can get a couple of takedowns, right. and I mean, shoot, I mean. Who knows what can happen after he gets those takedowns? Maybe he gets a finish. Right. Maybe he just keeps taking this guy down. I mean, you know, seriously. Um, I mean, he will be optimal. That's for sure. At Agreed. Yeah. If he can, he's going to be optimal. So for sure. Um, so I do like him. I do like especially him. But, especially um, since he has low scores like Chukagan and Vince Morales, mm-hmm. right? Right, priced above and below him too. He's going to be. Yeah. If, he's going to be. He's going to be. So I can probably. easily see Abreu scoring all those fighters. Yeah. No, I can. I can for sure. Um, I, I'm going to be playing about 40 to 50 lineups this week. Um, I'll probably have, I'll probably have about 25%, yeah. you know, of a brain or something like that. And I'll be honest, man, I'll probably see, this is where, this is where you kind of have to know how to manipulate an optimizer if that's what you're going to use, because, um, I won't force him in there, but if it gives me a, a small minimal amount, less than, less than 10, less than seven, I'll leave it just because you don't want to mess with things too much when it comes to that. Okay. If you're making a few like easy, yeah, you can, you can probably just go ahead and leave him out. Yeah. Here. Um, I mean, he's going to have to do something that he hasn't really done and, and just smoke him in the first round and uh, holy shit. If that happens by all means, you know, have a play and, right. and, and have it just in case. But, uh, but yeah, I think I'll, I'll spend my money elsewhere yeah. and hope for some other possibilities. All right, man. Uh, next up we have, uh, we have a pretty good one here. We have Spike Carlisle versus Billy Quarantino. Uh, this is, uh, let's see here. We're getting to the middle of the pack a little bit. Billy's minus 134. You got Spike coming back at plus 110. Uh, Spike's 7,600. And Billy Quarantino's coming back at 8,600. There's a lot of hype behind Spike. Uh, right now because of his last fight. And I mean, you know, I guess I can see why, but it was a tragic I, 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 
Yeah, and I just, you know, we don't, we, we just haven't seen enough yeah. of him, right? I, it happens, this is a classic, it happens all the time. You got a fighter, he comes in, he sparks somebody yeah. early in the first round, and then his next two or three fights, they give him some decent exactly. opponents, decent, not even like, right. you know, just some actual UFC competition. Right. And, uh, and, and, and they look like completely different fighters. And I, um, I think we might see that here. I, it's a clear, like they both have kind of clear path yeah. to victory. Spike needs to get in there and get it done early mm-hmm. and get it done super early. And if he does at 7,600, fuck, yeah. you know, I mean, there you go. Um, but on the flip side, if he doesn't get this done early, um, man, I think Billy Q's going to get it done at 8,600. I think he's got a path to a high score too. I honestly, uh, for GPPs, I like both, but I like Billy a lot and I like Spike more as like that head. So if you're not playing Billy, yeah, you throw Spike in yeah. a couple. So just in case you kind of have that outcome, no matter what. what I know I completely agree. I have Billy Quarantillo in the GPP core in the sheet. And I do leave a little note next to it saying it's very risky. So if you want to pivot off of him to Woodley, I'm fine with that. But I really love Quint Quarantillo in this spot, even though there is risk involved. Like, uh, there's no doubt. Obviously, Spike is very dangerous early. Of course he is. But once it gets past around three minutes to around, I'm just – there's nothing I'm really impressed with in his game. And against a guy with because you know the power is going to dwindle. Exactly. That's just, that's just, you know. And also, it's we shouldn't t- talk about this real quickly. A lot of these fights were accepted on like eight nine days notice for all these opponents. Yeah, they have had a, they yeah. these guys haven't had a full camp, and especially with a guy who's like Spike Carlisle, who's gassed after one round multiple times in the past. I mean, this is disaster written all over it. And with, <laughs> but I have him on the sheet as a risky GPP play. But if he does win. He's almost guaranteed to be on the optimal lineup because it's probably going to have to be a finish, an early finish. But with Billy, he's just a much more well-put-together fighter. He might not be as dangerous, but skill for skill, give me Billy all day. He throws way more output. His cardio is beyond unbelievable. And Billy does have a bad habit of getting off the slow starts. It happened in his contender series fight, even though he came back and won that. And so because of that, I do have him only listed as a GPP play because when you add in Billy being a slow starter and Spike being a fast starter, that's there's that GPP for disaster early. But if this gets past four minutes and you're on Quarantillo, I think it's you can feel pretty good about yourself. I'm going to be watching the first few minutes of this fight like with one eye open just because I'm so happy. Yeah, but like I said, if you're gonna have a good amount of Billy, you really do need to have some spike shares, uh, just to offset that. Yep, for sure. Spike should probably be rostered in close to 100 percent of your lineups. I mean, I it's I I'm not really the way that it's working out, right? I mean, the way that we're talking about the scores, their pass to victory, and the way that they're gonna be able to score well, and just the fight and the breakdown itself. I mean, I'm not going to blame anybody who is going to completely load up on yeah. this fight because it's like we said, either Spike's going to end it early, which is going to lead to a high score. If he doesn't, yeah. you know. And I mean, um, I mean, Billy won in the second round his last fight and he scored 130 points. Like 130, so, yeah. Both these guys. And he's yeah. only eight. Whoever wins this fight will be on the GPP winning lineup at the end of the night, unless it's unless something freaky happens, like a headbutt, and it goes to a no contest. But that's that's the only way I see this fight busting. Yeah, I'm with you, my man. I'm with you. 
All right, shoot, we're uh, we're moving quite along here. Let's see. Next up, we have. Oh man, this is gonna be more screaming than fighting. I'm just yeah, gonna oh, tell yeah. you right now. You're good. <laughs> uh, you have Antonina Shevchenko going up against Caitlin Chukagian. and um, forgive me, but like, aren't isn't this like isn't this this is a pretty high ranking fight, right? Like, like, there's a good like a top is, five. With this. Yeah, I want to say like they're fighting for like a number one contendership. I feel like or so maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, so it's, this is a this is a flyweight fight. So you got a uh, Antonina. She's a minus one thirty eight. She's the favorite. You got Chukagian. She was plus one fourteen as the dog uh, when this was put in here. And um, Chukagian is seventy seven hundred on DraftKings. Uh, Shevchenko is eighty five hundred on DraftKings. For me personally, I'm going to stay away yeah. from this fight in GPPs. Um, and that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Do you want to? Yeah, I can. Completely, and we can keep this breakdown really short. And GPPs. I have little to no interest at all. Uh, if you're ma- if you're doing mass entry GPP, I think it is interesting to possibly throw two Kagan in a few, uh, just because mm-hmm. uh, Shevchenko's grappling is awful, and she was recently dominated on the mat by Roxanne Mataferi, and Caitlin Two Kagan just got her black belt uh, from a very high level coach, was in the, is, which is impressive. Uh, so she does have a path through, through there, and I think. The issue with Chukagan is she throws a lot of volume. It's just like she only lands like 25% of her punches. So she just does, like she doesn't score well in DraftKings, and we've seen that. But it's just like she has one – she lost her last fight to Val, who's by far, by far the best female fighter in that division. And like people all of a sudden acting like Chukagan's trash, even though she's always been at the top of that division. And, and like Antonina isn't – I'm honestly surprised that she's the yeah. – she's – I actually, I actually have to bet on Chukagan by decision at plus one eighty, because, and I think she should be a stand up favorite. So, but anyway, I think we've gone long in this fight. I have zero interest in GPP. (laughs) Chukagan's fine in cash if you're playing cash this week. I am not. I'm. I'll put a cash score on the sheet, but I personally am very picky about the slates that I play cash on. So I'm sitting it out. Uh, But she does make a fine cash play, and zero interest on either fighter on Fanduel. Even if you're making five thousand lineups, do not roster either of these fighters on Fanduel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But don't don't overthink yeah. it. Don't do it. All right. So uh so next up, man, we got Hannah Cyphers uh going up against Mackenzie Dern. Um this is uh this is as one sided as we might get today. Yeah. Um you got uh Mackenzie Dern who at least let me let me see what she is right now. Mackenzie is minus four or five on Okay, yeah. Uh, okay. I just wanted to check because sometimes it's so off. It, like right, it's showing minus four twenty four, so I hate giving like the you know, the non-up-to-date odds, but I also don't like going back yeah. and forth the whole time. <laughs> so you get what you get. No, I'm just playing. But, um, but yeah, so you got McKenzie. Yeah, she's coming at the minus 400. You got uh, Hannah. She's the plus 300, uh, plus 326 dog here, and she's 6,900 on DraftKings. McKenzie is 9,300 on DraftKings. This is another one that we don't – well, I, I like, I don't really need to break it down too much. I love, love, love McKenzie Durman. I love her. I love her style of fighting. I think um, just this matchup. It's a. I think they kind of just were. This is like a hey, welcome back. Get your get your bearings. You yeah. know what I mean? Like get back into it because this is a this is a show. One hundred percent. Where it's like you know what I mean? It's they're handing yeah, Hannah Dorn and Silver Platter to play. Yeah, and she's the play. I wish I do wish she was yeah. cheaper, but I I can see why she's yeah. not. Um, that's the only thing that scares me, and is this the pricing? Is that she she does have to be the highest scoring fighter up on, in that yeah, price correct. range to be? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the only thing that scares me. But I think 
I think seven times, seven out of ten times, she does it though. Oh, right? if not just, more, it's yeah. got to be some weird shit. Because like, uh, yeah, I mean, like obviously shit, Roosevelt's yeah. a great fighter, but he hasn't put up the highest DraftKings scores, and and, and literally the same exact thing with Kenny. So if there's anybody that I'm feeling confident about that's, that's going to go over 100 points of all the studs over 9K, it's 100% Dern. Like, like we, we just saw Hannah Cyphers ran over on the mat by Angela, <laughs> by Angela Hill, who's never ran anybody over on the mat. And, I mean, Mackenzie Dern. Like, she, Yo, she, I don't know what's going know. on with Angela Hill. Yeah, right she, now, she's, she's having a bit of a mental breakdown. <laughs> but so, but like when, Mc, when Mackenzie Dern, this is as high level as it gets for jujitsu on the women's side. Multiple time world champion. Yeah, her dad is a legend in the Brazilian jujitsu scene, and he's now one of her full time coaches, which should help him, which should help her. I like what she's been talking about this week about how the Amanda Rebus fight was a very big wake up call to her, and how she stopped sparring with the big boxing gloves and headgear. And has only been using MMA gloves because she she wasn't used to getting punched in in sparring. She said so. Once Amanda cracked her a couple of times, she just kind of she was worried about getting KO'd and went into a defensive shell. Uh, but this is, I mean, this they're just serving Anna Cyphers up to her on a platter here. I mean, I think Mackenzie yeah. Dunn gets this Dern Dern gets this done within two and a half three minutes. And I have Mackenzie Dern in the cash core uh, on DraftKings. I don't mind her in GPP. Obviously, I'll have a good amount. It's just. On a slate like this, I'm having trouble paying all the way up since I'm going a lot more in the upper mid-range with Woodley, Quarantillo, and Elliott in GPP. Um, but, yeah, as far as cash, she's a lock. Single entry GPP, three max GPP. She should be in most of your lineups on FanDuel. She's one of my favorite fighters to use in the MVP spot uh, because I think she's the most likely to get a finish probably. And she's, I mean, she's $3 cheaper than the most expensive fighter on the slate. So, I really like her, and I have no interest at all in Hannah Cyphers. Yeah, and just real quick, because I know you've mentioned it once. Um, who? Because you said Mackenzie. Who else on Fanduel? Unless, because unless we haven't talked so, about it yet, who who else? That we so want? for yeah, Fanduel, for, so if we're just talking about the MVP spot in Fanduel, like let, let's say you're making five or fewer lineups, the three fighters I would use the most for the MVP spot are Mackenzie Dern, Tim Elliott, and Daniel Rodriguez. And then if you're starting to get up to like 10, 15, 20 lineups, I think you can throw guys like Billy Quarantillo and Tyron Woodley in the MVP slot as well. Okay, cool. Cool, man. Yeah, no, I know the – I'm sure the listeners probably were – I mean, that they'll probably find that helpful too because I, I, I did. I'll tell you, I listen to E2, guys. Don't, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is my guy, man. I, I listen to E2, man. Um, but, yeah, no, so um, – I just, this is, I think, I I wasn't planning on playing FanDuel, but I think with the pricing that we've talked about and just some of the stuff that's going on, I think you can make some pretty unique Yes, yeah, I, I was actually FanDuel, the same way at first. Good, yeah. I was the same points. way at first. When I saw the FanDuel slate, I was kind of like, ugh, and I was thinking about fading it. Yeah. But the more I've kind of dug into it, I'm actually kind of starting to like it. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you there, man. Good shit. All right, brother. So, uh, so yeah, McKenzie's the play. Don't overthink yeah. it. No, Hannah. No. And we'll Hannah. get in. We'll get into a minute. Like, but like, don't overthink McKenzie Dern and don't overthink Daniel Rodriguez. Like, those are basically the two, yeah, the two plug and plays. Yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll talk about yeah we'll talk about him shortly. Uh, so next up we have uh, we have Bro- we have Brock Weaver. Oh man, what a joke <laughs> going up against Roosevelt Roberts. And um, this one is the second highest, I think, on the night as far as the favorites go. Yep. Uh, Roosevelt was the minus 340 favorite. 
Uh, Weaver is the plus 270 dog. He's 7K on DraftKings. Uh, Roosevelt is 9,200 on DraftKings. Man, I see, this is where I talk about DraftKings has really gotten better. Um, yes, the odds are there. So, of course, it probably would have been there. But I just feel like because of he doesn't have that name, he might not have been this expensive you know, last year. Oh, or I so. agree. But, um, you know, but, but at 9,200, like he's still money. Um, I, I, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you kind of start this one off, but Roosevelt's the play here. The one thing I've watched Brock, I've watched tape on him. I watched him on the contender series. I think it's more of his story and just his persona that got him into the UFC because he's not an impressive. The only, the only Um, reason he's in the UFC is because of his post fight speech on the contender series. That's the only reason it's got it. Yeah, I mean, because he's just I mean, not, the guy's I mean, even in his past. He's, he I mean, is, he really ready, is. ready for this. This guy had a six and five record on the amateur scene. Like, my yeah. grandmother could go six and five on the amateur scene. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's just like, like he was a massive favorite in his UFC debut, and I was on his opponent because our Vargas actually, and Vargas was just destroying him early in that fight, striking and with takedowns, and then. He landed in a legal knee and knocked Brock out cold, uh, which was great to see. Yep. But obviously, it hurt her lineups. But with Roosevelt Roberts, like this, like this is just two different levels of MMA here. Like Roosevelt Roberts is a very talented guy, very very sneaky chokes. He's big and long for the weight class. Has underrated boxing, good takedown. Sneaky yeah, chokes. very. And when once he walks, he goes he goes for that rear naked. Every he has, fight. yeah, he has a really like, sick you know guillotine. I mean? Has really sick darts and like. Once he gets that locked in, you're not getting out of it. Like there's nobody has gotten out of his chokes yet. And so and I know I know that his opponent's a tough guy, but like we said, he's the guy's weaver is trash. And it's just I Ro, Roosevelt should really And is he that tough really even? Yeah, though? that's like, a good point. That's that, a good point. That, I mean, you even know, if you go I mean, a, if you go back and watch his fight with Crazy Horse Bennett, who's like forty and sixty like he struggled in that fight against old, washed up, crazy horse Bennett, who was on crack. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just I don't. Uh, so give me. I have Roosevelt Roberts in the cash core. Um, hasn't put up the highest DraftKings score in the past, but he's still right there in like the '90s and '80s. And I think in a slate like that, that will be fine, especially in cash. And and with, and then with uh. Weaver, I have zero interest at all. If you're making like 35, 40 lines a share or two, go ahead. But yeah, I, I think I wouldn't even do that. I would I would feel comfortable saying I wouldn't even do that. I don't think I don't think he needs I, I, to. I and then on FanDuel, like I wouldn't prioritize Roosevelt just because I think there's a chance it does go decision. And I do like fighters like Dern and Elliot and Rodriguez better than MVP spot. Uh, but he does make a solid Fanduel play in cash. I would just probably be slightly underweight in GPP. Where's he priced up? On Fanduel, he probably said I just. On Fanduel, he is the second most expensive at twenty one hundred. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that that, yeah. that hurts it too. Yeah. Okay. Right on, man. Right on. All right, man. And uh, we just hope Brock gets his ass kicked. Yeah. Let's just put that out. That's an understatement of the century. For sure, um, yeah. You can, you can, you can do some research on your own, and you'll see why. Yeah, that we won't get into that, hyped but, up for this fight. I think. It, yeah, it's, Weaver's in trouble. Yeah, it's. Yep. Yep. 
All right, man. Uh, so next up we have uh, – this is the fight that we've kind of been touching on. Uh, we have Daniel Rodriguez here. He's coming in uh, against a short-notice opponent, Gabriel Green. Uh, Gabriel's 6,800 on DraftKings. He is uh, – he is well, the, the odds are all over the place. But Daniel's the favorite. Daniel's the minus 300 favorite, I think, here. And Gabriel's like the plus 200 dog. Plus 270. Um, is he plus yep. 270? Yeah, there we go. Um, I mean, like I said, guys coming in on short notice. Five days. On top of that, though, five days in on top of that, like, dude is – Moving up a weight class. This matchup is just – yeah, this matchup is just shit. Yeah, like, for him. like you the know, last two just... times that Green's fought at 170, he's been KO'd within three minutes combined in those two fights. So he just got he just got KO'd like what? A couple yeah, of weeks ago, like, and it's like, like he, I'm just I'm not impressed. Like he's he's a solid submission gra- grappler who has some sneaky back takes, and that uh, honestly, that's about it. If I'm being, in my opinion, but with Daniel Rodriguez, I, I know he's never he's. He's never going to be champion. He's never going to be top five. But I've always enjoyed watching him fight on the regional scene. I picked him in a huge upset over Tim Means in his UFC debut, and he finished Tim Means in the second round. Really good boxing, insane chin, uh, underrated takedown, sneaky choked. And, I mean, Daniel Rodriguez is priced at 7.3K because he was supposed to fight Kevin Holland, uh, who, as we know, looked incredible in the last card, but picked up a shoulder injury and had to drop out. And he's just, I mean – when you get a matchup like this where we have Daniel Rodriguez at minus 300 at 7.3K, who has by far the best odds to win by KO. I mean, he's at minus 185 to win by knockout, which is by far the best odds of anybody. I mean, this is this is like we talked about with McKenzie. Don't overthink it. It's much like a Giga Chikazi play from last card where it's basically the same situation. Yes. But I even like this spot more for – and he almost pulled a yeah, stunt. Oh, yeah. I want to oh, say yeah. that real quick. He he almost he almost pulled a stunt. And I was he, like, he, he, oh he hell no. Him a lineup. And seventy yeah, percent yeah. owned. But but yeah. I like I even like this spot better for Rodriguez than I did like did for Chikazi. I do too. So I'm I'm only making five lineups on DraftKings. I have him in four or five lineups right now. I honestly might add him to my fifth one. I, I'm I mean this is should be a crush spot. Non Fanduel. He's so cheap at what is he? Thirteen bucks. Uh, yeah, thirteen dollars. He's going to be in every single one of my Fanduel lineups, and I'm going to be using him in the MVP spot some. And with Green, like, if you're doing mass, if you're one of the type of players that does mass entry and makes over 100 lineups, score have a share too. But besides that, I don't even think he needs to be considered. I want to uh, I want to check something real quick on because so. So, so just to let you guys know, there is there is a late like a uh, captain oh, yeah. mode type of slate that DraftKings has. And they did fix his salary um, for that. I was okay. So they so his salary is still cheap. On so that. his salary is cheap for the main yeah. slate, but they fixed his slate for the late slate, and he's like the second. Oh, yeah, he's the second most expensive. Oh, okay. Okay. See, I was so I was gonna say. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play that. We're gonna dig into it and dive into it more. We'll talk more about it uh, next week if they continue doing it because you never know with yeah. DraftKings. Um, but I was gonna say if if this motherfucker is seventy three hundred in that captain slate because you know at least how they they do that. You know your captain is usually more expensive. If you can get him dirt cheap, you can load up on everybody else. There you go. Uh, but that's not the case. So uh, let's see if you want to play Rodriguez in the. MVP slot and late slate, he's going to cost you um, $13,200. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, okay. You see, and I guess for people who are, I can give you just a real quick, uh, not a strategy, but just when I play anything that's got that captain mode in it, there's kind of two ways that you can play it, and there's kind of two mindsets to it, right? You have the people who are like, I need the highest scoring person, period. It doesn't matter. I, you know what I mean? I need the best player. I need that. But then there's also, I kind of approach it as, well, I'm looking for the cheapest guy that I can that's what I get do. that's going to score really well, can, yep, and that's going to allow me to load up yep. on all these guys. I 150% yeah. agree with you. Yeah. 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 So if you're going to do it, uh, you know, just, just take, you can still take the information. The salaries are going to be different, but you know, just, you can apply that. And, and, uh, and honestly, and honestly, because of late slates, only what eight or nine fights, like I've been looking at it for a few yeah. minutes and you're, you're almost going to have to put one of the punts in the MVP spot because like, you're just not, you're not able to like put, Dern or Woodley or one of those guys in MVP or Rodriguez, and I mean, then you're ju- then you're stuck playing fighters like Weaver or Chu Kagan or you know, I mean, I guess you could put Burns in the MVP yeah. spot if you think he's going to beat Woodley. That's but, but That's he, there's a good chance he's I mean, not dead true. within the first minute. So yeah, he could, he could, he could. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now too. You're right. It it make things yeah. real tough. So you do are you are almost yeah you are almost. I mean I made I made one lineup and if I'm being completely honest I put a Brayu in in the MVP because I was gonna say because with his grappling upside especially on DraftKings and at that salary of seven thousand like yeah. Oh yeah, because I don't feel because even if you let's say you go to like Billy Quarantino in MVP spot like who's twelve who's twelve thousand like. Even if you go up that high, you're still really struggling. So I think the highest I'm going to go on the MVP spot on late slate is a Brayu, just because I can't build a lineup I'm comfortable with other than that. Yeah, and he and he brings that Agreed. upside we talked yeah. about. So shit, if it happens, and ha- like you're, you're yeah. sitting pretty. So there you go. Bonus. Bonus <laughs> material, people. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, uh, I mean, we're actually moving pretty quick. I think we only have two ah, more, we only have two more fights left. Yeah, and it's it's weird. It doesn't, know, it doesn't feel like we're moving that quick, but um. So all right, let's see. Yeah. So next up, we have uh, the co-main. We have a uh, blogger boy Ivanov going up against Augusto Saka, uh, Sakai. Uh, this is a heavyweight fight. Uh, basically a pick 'em. Basically the same price on DraftKings. Uh, Ivanov is eight K, and Sakai is eighty two hundred. Uh, I mean, Sakai's, Sakai is going to be my yeah. play here. I'm going to try to avoid yeah. this fight in general on DraftKings. Um, these heavy, oh man, I just these heavyweight fights, they're gonna trolls, man. They're always trolls. Like, let's say you're stuck in that lower 8k area and and you're making one lineup, would you go Sakai or would you go Gutierrez? Uh, I think I would go Sakai. I would, I would, in 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 GPP, of course, right? Cash, I would go Gutierrez. I I would go Sakai, I would go Sakai just because, because, yeah, because he. He carries he carries more yeah, upside. I agree. Yeah, but I'm making five lineups. I'll probably have Sakai in one or two of them max, and then I, I'm not gonna have any Ivanov. He just doesn't score well, and I know Ivanov has like, he probably he might have the best shit in the entire UFC to be honest. But he's just eaten so much shots recently, and plus like the last two camps he's been sparring with Francis and Ganu, so who knows how much? Yeah. He can, like what? Yeah. Who signs up for what that, bro? I mean, but then, like, then, we're, then again, we're talking about a guy who was stabbed in the heart and lived through it. Like the guy is true. Yeah, but with Sakai, yeah. he just throws more output. 
He hits harder. He has much better footwork. He's very light on his feet for a guy that big. And Ivanov is very stationary. And I, I actually think it's going to look similar to the Ivanov versus Junior Dos Santos fight, where, where Junior was just able to pick him apart from range. Yeah, I think it's going to happen here. Yeah. But like we said, like, yeah. Sakai is basically yeah. like a secondary GPP. There's no need, no need to like go to your way to roster him. Do you think? Do you think with that point style though? Do you think at eight at eighty two hundred he still might be able to score? Like if if he scores over seventy to seventy five, I think there's a legit chance he still ends up on the optimal lineup. Yeah, that's yeah. We would need more than we would need more because because if you look at the other matchups in the area, like the Gutierrez versus. Morales matchup will probably be high sixties, low seventies. The Chevchenko versus uh Chuchigan fight will be fifties to sixties to seventies. And it, you know what I mean? It's just the break. Yeah. And the Billy, the spike fight, that one's a little that one's kind of next to you. So, yeah. We have yeah. seen Sakai get two knockouts in the UFC and his last fight was over a solid sure, opponent. Yeah. So there is some upside there. It's just I'm not gonna go out of my way to make sure I have a good amount of them. Me either. Yep. It's, that's one of those things too. And like I said, again, I'm, you know, I'm probably playing about 40 or 50. Um, it, if it gives me anywhere between 10 to 15 of Sakai, I'll probably right. take it. Um, I'll probably try to avoid as much. Ivan I would say as just possible. like, and I just, w- I wouldn't go over like 25% of Sakai. Unless you, you have a really yeah. good read and you like them more, but I think the most I would go is probably 25%. Not- for sure, not and especially not with the with the main event coming exactly. up right here too. Um, you know, um, so yeah, so we'll uh, we'll segue into that. Uh, so yeah, so for the main event, this one's man. Just to give you guys a little background, man. Uh, Tyron Woodley, uh, Gilbert Burns called him out. Left was it like about a month ago? No, right? probably, a little bit about a month or so ago. Was it? Yeah, and uh, and then they were gonna fight, and the you know the whole thing the whole thing kind of happened. But Gilbert has been on Tyron's oh, head, man. He is. Oh, he has been on his head, and um, I think he's in his head, to tell you the truth, man. Um, I think – but but it is fun to get Tyron back, man. Tyron Woodley, to be honest, uh, when I uh, – like, he was one of my favorite fighters, and I still, like, I love to kind of watch him fight. It's just always disappointing, and then I hate to watch him fight. It's and like, are you And then when he's me? not fighting, he's always saying stupid crap and making himself even more unlikable, and it's like – Yeah, especially really the last, like, year. Such a fighter. It, it drives me crazy. But – but I mean, yeah. here, I mean, if Woodley shows up, like the Woodley we know, like yeah. he should annihilate Gilbert Burns, like just completely annihilate. Woodley's the hardest puncher by far in the history of the 175, 170 pound division. Unbelievable. People for Multiple time All American at Missouri. Unbelievable fight IQ. Great coaches. I know people say he has crap cardio. I think that's overstated. Like he went, he didn't look overly tired in the Usman fight in his last fight. He just got dominated, and he's been five rounds multiple times. It's just if Woodley doesn't get that early knockout, he's going to put up horrible scores. Like, he either scores great, or he scores awful. There's not really... because he Yeah, there's the not really one. anything in between. So, if we look at his scores, let me pull up him on DraftKings real quick. Um, yeah. So... I mean, he's got he had yeah. 111 in the uh, in his last week against. So Tampa, we have like 107, 104, 112, 102, but then we have wins of 44, 49, 75, 69. Um, but at the same time, at the That's same time, when Woodley has been fighting guys like Kamara Usman, Darren Till, Damian Maya, 
Wonder Boy Thompson two times, Robbie Lawler, Kelvin Gastelum, Dong Yoon Kim, Rory McDonald, Carlos Condit. Gilbert Burns has been fighting until recently. He's been fighting much better competition his last two or three fights. But Gilbert Burns was fighting like trash opponents in the 155 division. And obviously he was beating them. But imagine what Woodley would do to those guys. Like I know Gilbert Burns knocked out Dan Moret. Dude, Dan Moret's head would fall off his shoulders if Woodley punched him. Like the level, the level in competition is just incredibly wide. I think there's a huge talent disparity. Obviously, Gilbert's striking has improved leaps and bounds in the last two years. And obviously, he's a multiple-time world Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. It just We've seen Woodley in these types of matchups before, and he almost always dominates them. And I don't – unless Woodley is completely gone mentally, which I think there is a chance of happening, uh, I think he just completely dominates his fight, and he does get the knockout at some point. Uh, so I do have a note on the GPP core that says you can pivot off of either Billy or Elliot to Woodley if you want to. But even with that, I still – Billy and Elliot have more upside in my opinion. And I mean, both of them can score over 100 points in decisions, and Woodley can't even score over 70 in the decision. And then I have Daniel Rodriguez in the GPP core. So those three fighters make up the GPP core. Uh, but I do think Woodley makes a very nice uh, – he's fine in cash if you want. And then I do think he makes a very interesting GPP play just because the 100-plus point upside there is there in a KO. With Gilbert Burns, he's at that price that looks nice. Uh, it's just I don't like this matchup for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be underweight here. Uh, but if you do like Gilbert Burns in this matchup, I suggest being overweight and possibly, and possibly even having more Gilbert Burns than Rodriguez just because that would put you at an even higher advantage uh, in GPPs. But like I said, I, I just don't like love that matchup for him. So I'm going to be underweight, and I do like Woodley here, and I like him by finish. Uh, it's just I, I think there's other guys that can score higher uh, even if it goes to and it's one of those main events where a lot of time you see like you have to force the main event into your lineup. I think you can get away with out rostering the main event in a couple lineups here. Like I'm making five lineups and I think the most I'll have it in is four. I think I might only even have it in three. Yeah, no, I, I actually was just going to touch on that. I was going to touch on that. Um, that also makes this fight very interesting too, because it is the last fight of the night. And usually that when we talk about, I mean, that last fight of the night, it usually sways the cash line regardless. Um, there's times that it doesn't, though, so don't get me wrong. It's 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 not the gospel. There's times that it doesn't. But more times than not, you're going to see that that last fight is going to change the cash line. And especially if you're if you're up there and you're hoping for first and you're looking at a takedown, you can bet your ass somebody below you is going to exactly. have that fight. Um, so, I mean, that's where it makes things tough because I, I'll, I'll be straight up, guys. I am usually like, fuck it. Main event, let me lock that bad boy in, move on from there one way or another. This is not really one of those spots. As much yeah. as I want to, I really do. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's like tough. It, it's yeah. tough to do it, especially when you like if you're, if you're only making three lineups, if you're only making three lineups, I think you can probably get away with rostering it in those three lineups. But if you're making five or over, you can definitely leave some lineups. It doesn't have either guy in it. For sure. No, I, I, def, I definitely I definitely agree with you there. And, yeah, I mean, um, this fight I feel like mainly comes down to is Tyra yep. going to pull a stun or not? 
I think that's like, you know, it's like, is he going to pull a stunt? Is he going to, is he going to show it? Like, it's like you were talking about, he's got all the tools, man. Like he's literally got, like, if you were to craft a fighter, especially kind of like, yeah, maybe back when he was like champion, things are changing yeah. a little bit right now, but I mean, he's got it. He's got the wrestling. He's got like the MMA wrestling too, but Fantastic. he's, got the he's yeah. powerful. He's got the, dude, he's, yeah. he's smart. He's, you know what I mean? He's intelligent out there. He's, you know, he just always there's just something always missing. Sometimes, and then he pulls stunts, yeah. and he just doesn't yeah. throw punches. It's like, bro, what are you doing? And then he doesn't use his it wrestling, feels, and it's it, like, oh my god, feels like he quits me. on himself in some fights when he can't when he can't. Get them I can see that. Yeah, it's like a mental yeah. block that he just he just he yeah. just shuts down yeah. on or something, right? He just can't. Yeah, I mean, I feel you, man. But but I'm totally with you there, brother. He he's gonna be my play. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a decent amount to him. I'm gonna have a little bit of burns. Um, I'm not locking in this nope. fight this week. So there you go, disclaimer. But I will have a lot of it. So um, hopefully, I have enough of it that uh that if I do have some runners there and they're not totally just leaps yep. and bounds above, I can uh, I can have a couple of these in there. And hopefully, um, in those, I'll be honest, I would prefer to have Woodley and more. And more than those did not, because I do think, but like you said, if Burns at 7,400, if, if something happens and you can get a little bit more Burns, especially, um, you know, be a little bit overweight and yeah. for whatever reason, um, Rodriguez doesn't you're go nuts, pretty. shit, there you go, there's only 100, you're going to be sitting real pretty, you're going to be sitting, I mean, and all those lineups are still going to be cashing and doing good with Rodriguez, but you're going to be sitting and above it, those, it, it, it's, it's so just a just huge contrarian play to the field. And especially, which is what you need in that entry GPP. Like, that's how you win GPPs most of the time. For sure. Yep, 100%. Well, shit, man. Thank you for uh, for talking with me. Of course, it's a blast. I, uh, I hope you guys make some. Yeah, man, always, always. We need to, like, out, when things get back to normal, we need to get in, like, the studio, man, and just, you know, chief key for a little bit. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so you know, if you guys need to, you can reach out to us. You know where we're on Twitter. You can find us in in some rooms as well. Um, other than that, peace out. Is there anything that you um, want to say, real quick? Real super get? quickly, I'm just going to go over the best GPP fights to target on the slate that I have on the GPP sheet. So that's yes. Billy Quarantillo versus Carlisle, uh, Burns versus Woodley, Elliot versus Royval, Kenny versus Smolka. Dern versus Cyphers, especially, I mean, basically just Dern, and then Rodriguez versus Green. And th those are the fights that I really see projecting the most points because, as we talked about, those other matchups we think are going to finish in the mid-60s, low-70s at best. Yep. Oh, that is so. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that real quick about uh, about Rodriguez because that was something we kind of we we touched on real quick. If you're not locking in Rodriguez, you better play whatever you're not locking in. Well, I won't say whatever you're not locking in, but you want to put at something on green. Depending on how much you're playing, that always carries as well. But the reason I say that is because if you're banking on Rodriguez not being at least optimal enough to have you in the cash line, maybe not to take shit down, but to at yeah. least cash you out, you're saying that he's gonna lose early. Because if he doesn't lose early and he doesn't starch this dude, um, he yeah. he will be there. Um, so you can, there's a there's a game theory if you want to throw that out there as well. But yeah, okay. other than that, I'm, that's cool. That's a wrap. I think. <laughs>